For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the latest Chiefs news including Orlando Brown's return, Frank Clark's revealing interview, and the Carlos Dunlap signing. Joe is week two of training camp, and Carlos Dunlap is slated to arrive Wednesday. They were posting this. Um, we were so concerned about the edge rusher position on the Chiefs. Does this acquisition solve this issue, you think? Well, it definitely gives them the depth, right, Jeff? I mean, I know he's, you know, look, we all, we all hope that we can play for a long time, but, you know, let's be honest, he's towards the end of his career and, you know, definitely in the sunset years of his career for sure. But, you know, he still packs a wallop and he's got a lot of really top statistics when it comes to, you know, the number of seasons, um, you know, he, he can get after it. So he definitely provides the depth. And I know Frank Clark is excited about him being here and that's a good thing. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about Frank, um, later in the pod, but, you know, I think it could be that final piece that you've been talking about right. and it right. happened, you know, two weeks into camp, but Hey, it happened. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about to see what he can do. You know, he's had some great years and we just need, you know what? We need that Melvin Ingram year out of him that we got last year. Right. You know, just that fill in the gap, be the depth that they need, bring Karloftis along, be the compliment to Frank Clark. You know, I, I think I think it's a good signing. And, you know, look, is it off the charts marquee signing? No, it happened two weeks into camp. It wasn't something that happened in, you know, May or, or not even May, but like it didn't happen in March in the spring. But like, I'm happy that it happened. I, ho- I hope fans are, too. I think it's going to be really good for us. Yeah, I, I think it's a good signing, too, Joe. Now, do I think all of a sudden that um, defensive end edge rusher has gone from a weakness to a strength? I wouldn't go that far, but I think yeah. he is a good acquisition. You compare him to Ingram, I think there's a lot of parallels there. He's 33, the same age as Ingram. Uh, they were both pro bowlers before. Joe, he's very he's very long. That's what, you know, the Chiefs have added veteran edge rushers uh, a little late in the game. You mentioned Ingram, Terrell Suggs during the Super Bowl championship year. Um but Dunlap is a little different body type, 6'6", 285. And listen, I know this is a while ago, 2016, during his one of his Pro Bowl years, Joe, 15 passes defended. I mean, that's incredible number for – that's like a defensive back number almost, you know. So that's what he can bring. And he did have eight and a half sacks last year. So, you know, that, this is the thing they, they desperately needed, and, and I think it's a nice addition. Yeah, it makes me think of like a J- J- uh, Jason Pierre-Paul a little bit, right? Like his body type. Um, Who I thought they might actually acquire, and I guess that's still possible just with this 
Steve Spagnuolo connection. Yeah, a little more, a little more depth there. I mean, you know, with Chris Jones and <laughs> Chris is no short defensive tackle. So, you know, they are definitely, Jeff, you bring up a great point um, that I think hope I hope fans take a look at is maybe this year more batted down passes. Let's provide a pass rush that not only comes around the edge and forces rushers up in or uh, quarterbacks up into the pocket, but also one that uh, disrupts the quarterback's visibility a little bit, right? I mean, that's a nice piece of the puzzle. The Chiefs haven't had an edge rusher like that. Just like you said, they haven't had an edge rusher like that. I mean, as you know, sometimes Derek Thomas gets, he gets, you know, the, the accolades as maybe being the, the, the defensive, uh, the edge rusher who changed the game, which he was, but he was not real tall. I mean, look, he wasn't short by any stretch of the imagination, but he wasn't long either. They relied on Neil Smith for that, you know, for that long, but long rush and, um, or the tall rush, I should say. And, and I think, I think that's what this provides, you know, as, as good as Derek was, you know, one of the all time greats, he didn't have that pass blocking, you know, ability. Derek not batted down very few balls mm-hmm. um, in his in his unbelievable runs uh, as a sack leader in the NFL. And I think maybe this gives him that just little bit of extra disruption that um, you know you, especially when you start running stunts, right? So when you run stunts and you start to get players shifting positions, where you know when when like picture the front four defensive lineman, right? So you've got the two tackles in the middle and the ends on the outside and a standard four person rush. Like when the end goes first and the tackle loops around them, sometimes they call that an El Paso um, for, for the, you know, for the word Texas, for the cross. Mm -hmm. So El Paso, the end goes first and the tackle goes around a Texas uh, twist is when the tackle goes first towards the outside. And then the end loops inside and comes over the guard right if you can kind of imagine that happening on the field he'd be great at you know at run with chris jones like running a nice um you know either a texas stunt where chris jones goes first to the outside towards the defensive end and then the end loops around him and comes up the middle and you get a tall guy you know like that coming up the middle and man your quarterback's vision is going to get shot so i I'm, i'm excited to see how this all goes let's let's hope for more batted balls let's hope for try to help that secondary out. Right. Um, with, uh, you know, with moving the quarterback around in the pocket a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, look, like we said, I'll put a cap on this. He, it, was it like the marquee signing of the off season? No, but it filled the need. It got the chiefs the depth they needed while they're bringing Carlos along, you know, somebody gets a little dinged up or gets hurt. We've got somebody in there is not going to lose the game again. I'm going to liken it to the Mel- Melvin Ingram signing. Nobody ever expected you know, Melvin Ingram to do what he did. And he did. So I, I think it's really good. I think I, I give it a solid, you know, grade on, 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 on making this happen, um, you know, right before, you know, while they can still get some chemistry too, while they're at camp. Other than um, Joe, you did a, such a good job uh, breaking down the stunts, why that's difficult, why it's difficult for the quarterback to have those long arms. Give us the offensive line perspective too. how much harder and why to have a different, when you're trying to pass protect or, or run block against such a long arm defender. Yeah. Well, it, it changes the way you set, right? Because think about, okay. So when you picture like picture left tackle, so we'll, we'll, I know we're going to talk about Orlando Brown. He's back. Yes. He's a camp. <laughs> we, we called it Jeff. We knew he wasn't good. We knew he wasn't going to do it to us. Right. So picture Orlando Brown at left tackle and picture going against a 
a shorter rusher, maybe like a Melvin Ingram, right? Or even a Derek Thomas, for that matter. When Derek was rushing, he rushed. And, and Derek very rarely slowed up to bat a ball down. And so you could, you could get yourself into a mindset blocking Derek that he was going to come after you and he was making a beeline for the quarterback, right? So you, you can set your pass uh, set, you know, you can, you can do, use your pass set to try to, to combat a Derek Thomas knowing he's not, he's not just going to stop and jump, right? Where if you get, you know, players who, who are long pass rushers, Neil was great at this, Neil Smith. He was great at like, he would rush up the field, right? And you, you'd like get all, you know, wound up and ready to, you know, get between him and the quarterback as he's making his beeline. And then he could stop on a dime, get his long, I mean, Neil had long arms, man. They were incredibly long and he could get his arms up in the air and he, he could, he could totally change the way you pass set. So it just puts all that, that, that doubt into your head as a pass blocker of what is this player going to do? Never had to have that fear of Derek because he just wasn't tall enough. He really wasn't tall enough to, he could jump, but you know, that's hard to time and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think a a long, tall pass rusher like that um, really does change the way that an offensive lineman pass sets Um, what you have to do have to learn how to do as a, as a pass blocker is when you start to see that happen, you've got to drive your arms into their chest and you've got to pancake that defensive end or defensive tackle who jumps because you've got to deter him from doing that again. And I, when I was coaching offensive line, I used to tell them all, I used to coach that up where once you felt a player start to stop, you had to accelerate through that defensive player because as they started to jump, they're very weak and you can pancake and put a defensive end on his back and you got to drive your helmet into his chest so that he doesn't want to do that again, because you have to, you literally have to dissuade them from, from ever wanting to jump. And um, it's a great feeling when, when you watch an offensive tackle or an offensive guard, sometimes centers do it, not often, mostly it's guards and tackles. When you watch a player jump to try to deflect a ball or block a, a block a pass ball. I mean, and an offensive lineman will just drive that player into the ground by lifting them up and pancaking them on the ground. It's almost like a, a wrestling move at that point. Mm-hmm. It hurts so bad <laughs> when you when that happens to you, and it feels so good for the offensive lineman <laughs> to, to take the breath out of somebody when you pancake them on the ground like that. So there is a plus and minus to it. You know, and and you can't you can't do it all the time because offensive linemen will know when you're going to do it, and they will really make you pay. Great stuff there, Joe. Well, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, we talked about Edge Rusher and obviously Carlos Dunlap who uh, most recently with the Seahawks, um, another former Seahawk, who, uh, edge rusher, who has now been on the Chiefs since their Super Bowl championship year. 
Frank Clark had a very, really, very revealing interview. And, you know, he said how Andy Reid had a heart to heart with him um, in the offseason, uh, after la- really after last year, uh, that he just telling him he, he can play better. And Frank Clark in this uh, in this press conference admitted he was too heavy last year. He was uh, played at 262 pounds. He so he's cut out red meat. He's cut out liquor. Um, he looks slimmer. Uh, do you expect a, a bounce back here from him? You know, last year really had one a, a down year, just four and a half sacks. Yeah, he he has to. Well, number one, he has to. Right. I mean, he he has to have the year that we've always expected out of Frank Clark, we need it. And, you know, you don't need to be that big mm-hmm. if you are an edge rusher like that. Right. I mean, this game has Going changed. back to the DT cops. Yeah, you know? exactly. This game has changed so much, Jeff, that there a defense is going to do so much better. If you've got an athletic edge rusher, put them in on the situations where you know they're going to be passing, or at least you have a good suspicion they're going to be passing, because you don't, you know, you don't want to have a guy like Frank Clark if you're playing, you know, let's let's pick a college team, you know, Nebraska, you know, Alabama, right? That's just going to run the ball. Like you don't want a Frank Clark out there, sixty defensive plays when you're playing against a team that runs the triple option or mm-hmm. smash mouth football. It's just not going to work. Um, so they're going to have to pick their spots, right? And um, when they put him out there, and and I think I think a more athletic, speedier, aggressive Frank Clark is going to be so much better than a bulkier, bigger Frank Clark. And, and I, I just think this was a great move, and it just shows how Andy, people, the players have such respect for him. They, they, they look at to him as a, as a father figure, as a coach, as a mentor, as somebody who cares about them. And um, I, I just think I think it was probably the best thing that Andy could have done was having that heart to heart, you know, because it's easy. You know, it's easy to let a guy like Frank Clark just keep playing, doing his thing. But to sit down and really have a tough conversation with somebody about their play and about what they need to do to improve, especially somebody who's been playing as long as he has. It's not like he's a rookie. You know, I'm sure Andy's having those talks with the rookies. I remember Marty Schottenheimer having, you know, more talks with rookies than he did with vets. But sometimes you have to have those hard conversations. And I'm just glad he did it. And he, he, he does look a lot speedier. And, and I'm, I'm really excited about, about – I'm just glad that Orlando Brown's in camp now so that they can go against each other and he can have – you know, he can be rushing against players who, you know, are really good and he can hone his skills through this camp and, you know, really come out – guns a blaze and you know come uh come first game of the year speaking of orlando brown joe making my job easy i don't have to do any transitions you're (laughs) you're doing them for me um orlando brown i mean does he he miss anything from a week of training camp because i gotta be honest i i'm like i i'm a grinder i i think you give it your all and stuff if i was orlando brown and i you get the tender you're not going to get docked for pay for missing training camp i might have taken another week off and i th- still think he could have gotten acclimated jody you've got to think the same way that it, it, it yeah. just missing one week is it with the way training camp now it's i yeah I, I don't think it's that significant now jeff they weren't even in pads i mean he, he missed nothing more than what they've probably been doing at otas a little more serious right because it's camp right and of and, course and, he did miss otas too you know he hasn't yeah. been there for the but but your point, obviously, is, is valid. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he really wasn't missing anything. This guy is an all-pro player. 
eh, you know, it's not, really, he's not going to miss a step. I'm sure he was working out and working really hard, working on his technique and staying in shape. And, you know, I, I really think it's a, it's a non-factor. Joe, uh, I think are, on a, a scale of with, one to 10, it's a one. Yeah. Are you with me, Joe? I know how your reputation as a player, you gave it your all and, and had such a good work ethic. If, if you had been in Orlando Brown's shoes, you're not going to get doc pay training camp. Isn't what training camp now is a little bit more like, you know, mini cap or it's a little lighter. Would you have taken a week or two off? I mean, again, I think I might like it's, you know, it's. If I'm Orlando Orlando Brown. Yeah. If I'm John all Tim Grunhard, you know, will she like when you have a certain level of talent, you know that, look, you're going to, you're going to be out there playing. If I, if it gives you a chance to save your body a little bit, come into camp a little more fresh. Why not? I, he pro- you know what? I'm, 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 look, I'm not saying they did. I don't want to put words or thoughts in anybody's heads or mouths, but I am sure he probably talked to Andy about it. I, I, you know, look, these are, these are everybody's grow men. It's a different kind of game today. You know, it's a lot more, I think, um, collaborative between the players. Um, I think they have to be. And, you know, I'm sure they kind of talked about it. You know, it, it, it really, I, I, you know, when you're, when you're a guy who's not the starter and you got to fight for every play and every rep, you know, yeah, you're going to, you're going to show up. But, you know, when you're the, you know, when the people are telling you and it's, it's showing that you're a top five tackle in the NFL, left tackle at that, which is, you know, the premier line position. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's a reflection of him and his work ethic or anything. I think it's, it was just a, it was a professional move that, you know, sent a statement to say, Hey, look, I, you know, I, I want to be here cause he's here, but I also want you to know that I think I'm worth more than you're offering me. So I think it was a very mutual negotiation move on both teams parts, the way that this worked out. Do you, do you remember how um, the great Seattle uh, offensive tackle, Walter Jones used to do this? They would franchise him every year and he would get a bump in pay and he basically miss all of trading camp. You know, he's, you know, there's something, you know, it's been done before even more, you know, Orlando Brown's just missed a week. Uh, Jones did this year after year. So, you know, it can be done. And there, there is something about just, not only just reducing the grind on your body, yeah. but who wants to be a trading camp? You know, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, I mean, especially these days, right? I mean, my gosh, I mean, it's for you know they've been up there a week already. They've only had their first day of hitting today. It's one practice a day. I mean, you know, it's it's like we said, not to not to keep beating it up, but you know, definitely didn't didn't miss a whole lot. I mean, but you know, this was this is uh, you know, this training camp is. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I, listen. Th- today, I think Jody Fortson was the only player that missed. I think I read that, Jeff. So, you know, everybody's practicing. Everybody's other than Jody Fortson. Everybody's healthy. Uh, nobody else missed practice. That's great. Um, and you know, I know Justin Watson got a little. Uh, he got some dap on Twitter. Um, the Chiefs tweeted out a a really nice catch that he had a really long practice. Uh, I mean, a really long, uh, uh, he hauled in a quick pass and turned it into, I think, 60-yard uh, run and uh, turned on the Jets. Uh, so I was excited about to see that and how he's kind of continuing along with Patrick Mahomes kind of talking about him in their workouts uh, down in Texas. So, um, you know, and I, th- I thought it was great. It was alumni day at camp, um, which is cool. 
And I know, uh, yes, I heard a couple of, uh, you know, Mitchell Schwartz uh, made an appearance and, um, you know, some players from, from, you know, the, the, some of the bygone eras, uh, you know, I heard Mike Garrett was there at the, you know, on the first day of hitting, they had alumni day and I, I wish I could have been there. It would have been really great um, to see everybody, but I was traveling uh, for work and I'm, I'm only about um, uh, as we speak, I'm about, you know, a half a mile from, uh, from the Bucks uh, training facility in Raymond James stadium. I've, I've had to drive by that all day while I was at work uh, down here. So I keep, uh, I keep seeing it and seeing all the, you know, all the hullabaloo going on down there and uh, here in Bucks country down in Tampa Bay. Joe keeps having these uh, flashbacks to Super Bowl 55, unfortunately, he's getting, getting the, the shakes. But we're, we're, we're excited about the, the new crop of Chiefs they have. And when we see Orlando Brown, Joe, he's going to be wearing uh, the Guardian cap, cap, the new thing this year uh, to help hopefully reduce concussions. This You've probably seen it in photos. You'll see it in the Orlando Brown photos. This kind of padded thing the, the players were on their helmets mandated for offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, and they have to wear it um, during practice until the second preseason game makes a lot of sense. I do have to read, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey is great. I, I love interviewing <laughs> the guy because he's such a character. He's a good guy, but he's such a great quote. Um, I, I think this is a, this is a good idea. Anything to help reduce uh, potentially concussions. But he says, the Guardian caps are silly. We're just out here wearing mushroom helmets. They're doing nothing but adding weight to our head. Joe, <laughs> what do you think of these mushroom helmets? Well, you know, that's a player <laughs> perspective who's been playing a long time. Um, you know, I got very close to, to concussion protocol and to some of the things that go on in the inner workings. I think we talked about it briefly on one of our pods in the past. My daughter has done a lot of her um, pre-medical school and during medical school um, research with a concussion specialist uh, in the Philadelphia area, Children's Hospital, who deals with pediatric concussions. She has a team of people who, her name is Tina Master, and actually got to meet the former GM of, of the Packers. We did a panel talk with the chief medical officer uh, of the NFL, which is really cool. And there's a woman named Christy Arbergast. Dr. Arbergast is on um, Dr. Master's staff, and she's a biomechanical engineer who works with the NFL. Um, she works with um, car companies. She works with, um, uh, you know, all kinds of people who have head trauma. Um, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe she has done some military work as well. She's world-renowned in her field, and, <clears throat> you know, we talked a lot about it. She got to be really good friends with my daughter being on the team and, and I've gotten to know her really well. And, you know, she just loves her work. And I, I think it's great that they're out there protecting players. Look, anything you can do. Yeah. Does it look a little silly? Yeah. But you know what, if it keeps one player from going into concussion protocol prior to the season starting, then it's doing its job. And, and it's that one little extra layer of protection that you need, especially for linemen, right? Because linemen, it's been, proven that you know the linemen you know they're the the, the trauma that that happens to them with the head injuries is because of the constant bam 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 it's not the big hits all the time that you see you know the wide receiver to the d-back or the linebacker you know breaking through in a blitz and hitting a quarterback in the head or whatever it's not always those hits it's it's what 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 i think they're worried about is the constant you know, pummeling play after play, even though it's relatively low speed compared to, 
you know, a high speed hit out in the field, you know, where a, a, run, a, a wide receiver or a running back's doing a, a you know, a crossing pattern and gets clocked. I, I think it's, you know, it's great. It's great that they're looking, looking at every single avenue to protect these players and to keep them from, you know, from running into issues down the road and in the present, right? This is a, this is a, this is a present and future, um, you know, um, sort of, uh, you know, kind of justification for wearing those. I mean, I, I quote Ben Franklin all the time, Jeff, my favorite, one of my favorite Ben Franklin Ben guy got to, I'm going Justin Watson to Ben Franklin here. (laughs) Um, You know, the uh, he always said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And it's so true, right? If you just do these little things, you don't have to be dealing with players five, 10 years down the road, having, you know, uh, you know, living a tough life because they just didn't take a couple extra precautions. Yeah, no, I think it's super smart, especially, you know, it's really just an experimental phase, too. It's just through the for, uh, first two preseason games when there often is a higher incident uh, of these kind of uh, concussions. So I think it's really smart credit to the, the NFL for trying something. We're all, you know, that's probably the biggest issue. One of the biggest issues with the NFL is um, the potential for head injuries. Uh, something that was interesting, though, Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, who, who, who's a, an interesting guy. I really like him as a coach. I remember interviewing him when he was the 49ers defensive coordinator before uh, during media day before they were going to play the Chiefs. And he, he's, he's just an interesting thinker. I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with him, but it, it, it was an interesting viewpoint. He said that he actually didn't like them because he wanted his players to like act as if they had their normal helmet. He thought that maybe the extra padding would give them, that would mess with their technique. And all of a sudden they're putting their helmet into tackles and stuff because of, because they're like, Oh, we have this extra padding. I'm not, I I don't necessarily agree with him though. He obviously knows much more about football than I, but I thought that was an interesting perspective, but um, regardless, this, this is really interesting. I mean, training camp guys have really looked the same for years and years. You know, even you know before your days and now this is kind of the more most major uh, thing i can remember um to, to helmets really during practice yeah i mean and it's a simple ad too you know it's not mm-hmm. like something that takes a lot of time to put on or you know it doesn't change the structure of the helmet or anything like that it's a very simple um you know it's a very simple design and you know <clears throat> some of the helmets that i've seen um that are coming out now they're actually starting to make them specific for positions. I think that's the next thing you're going to see. You're going to see a very specific helmet to positions now because offensive linemen, they're, they're starting to make offensive line helmets that um, and defensive line helmets that have a little bit more of a bubble in the front. Like it's still plastic. It doesn't, it does, it's not, it doesn't look so different that you're like, wow, like, is that, what is that mm-hmm. offensive lineman wearing? But it's definitely, if you really examined the helmet, you would see that there are there are helmet designs now and the way the plastic is molded to provide a little bit more protection for linemen in the front of their head. Because that's where they're getting hit, right? I mean, right. you're not going to be getting hit if you're an mm-hmm. office lineman from the back, right? Everything is, right. is line of scrimmage right in front yeah. of you. Yeah. So, so they're definitely, you know, they're bringing it all in, Jeff. They're, they're bringing in science. They're bringing in art. <laughs> they're making it art and science to try to do this to keep to keep players healthy. I mean, look, nothing's worse for a fan 
than when your players that you want to root for are not out on the field, right? That's what, that's what fans should want. And so whatever the NFL is doing, they should look at it as not just protecting. Yeah. They're protecting the players. Of course, that's the num- their number one priority and they're protecting the integrity of the game and the health of the players. But you know what? They're also trying to put the best product that's out there. So players when, or fans, when they pay, X amount of dollars for the ticket, or, you know, they, they have everybody over their house to watch it on the big screen. Nobody wants to see their team out there with the decimated roster, right? Everybody wants to see their star players out there. I mean, look, I know every, everybody loves to watch the offensive lineman. We know that Jeff, but you know, if Travis Kelsey's not out there and Patrick Mahomes and Clyde Edwards, Alaire and, you know, Chris Jones and these premier players, right you know, fans get a little antsy about that. So I look at it as anything they can do to number one, keep the players healthy and then put the best product out on the field so that, you know, the fans have the most enjoyment and it continues to be, you know, a fantastic spectator sport. So all good, all good. You know, uh, head injuries, obviously avoiding that is, is paramount uh, when you're talking about the NFL in the future. Uh, another though, uh, potential positive byproduct uh, the coaches have mentioned is, you know, oftentimes or occasionally quarterbacks will uh, bang their hand on one of the helmets during a pass rush. They've said that, you know, with the padding, you might get fewer of those kind of hand thumb injuries that the quarterbacks have had to. So I, I really think this is a total positive. I applaud the NFL for yeah. trying something new and creative. I was more just bringing up the Sala and Kelsey points just as kind yeah. of, you know, to yeah. some interest there point counterpoint if you will but. yeah well he's played so long right i mean he's he definitely is uh, a player who's 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 skirted a lot of those major injuries <laughs> and things so he might think of himself as being indestructible but you know not everybody is travis kelsey <laughs> so but you know jeff one of the things i was talking with with some friends over the weekend about um you know the the whole training camp thing and how easy it's gotten you know i, I and someone brought up a really good point i I worry a little bit about going whether or not this is causing by not having a good some more contact I should say mm-hmm. at camp it might be causing more injuries because players aren't actually conditioning themselves to being hit a lot mm-hmm. I mean I, maybe there's a there's a really fine line right I mean it's yeah. a really fine line that you walk and, and there's a really fine balance between beating the living daylights out of each other at camp and being so tired that you go into the season, like almost hurt versus and, going and getting injured season. that way too. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or going, or going into the season where you're not used to being hit. Yeah. Right. And you, I don't know. It's just, it's a fine line. Football's a, a tough sport. I mean, I know that their NFL is, is really sort of experimenting, I should say with this right now. Um, but, you know, I think there's that's something that, something that, uh, you know, you need to, I think, people need to start thinking about as they're preparing these training camp regimens. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by bet online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.